there's some real power in being able to move beyond trauma. There's something really magical happens when we can do that. You will never go back to how you were before. You move on. We just naturally do because we live in a linear time construct. But we also really can move forward to something better. Welcome to Moving Beyond Trauma podcast. I am Kate Brassington, coaching psychologist and trauma-informed coach, your guide and companion as we explore what trauma is and is not, and demystify the myriad of ways that we can move beyond it to ease suffering and give the fun back. If trauma is not what happened to you, but what happened inside of you as a result, the reaction inside of you, then does this remove all responsibility from anyone outside of you for what was done to you, what happened to you? No. In this episode, I want to really get into how coaching works with, not on, your trauma. And to do that, I need to explain a little bit about what trauma is and what it is not and where we're at um, in the world of of trauma right now. Um, Because it's not just the domain of psychologists, psychiatrists and mental illness. So I'm going to unpick with you today um, how come it's an individual natural response inside of you, what goes on when we are exposed to something that we find traumatic, the collective, what is the role of the collective? We can experience trauma as groups, we can have trauma done to us by groups. So how does that fit? There's a real icky thing about trauma that I'll get into. And what about the role of illness, pathology? the roles of psychiatry and psychology in this whole domain. Um, and I'll leave you with something, <laughs> some hope, literally, to, to move forward with. So first of all, the history of trauma is old as mankind. As long as humans have been on Earth, we have been surviving. Um, and we know this because when we look at the evolution of the brain, as it is modern day brain, but we can see ancient parts of the brain that are called the survival brain or the brainstem. They're super similar to many other animals on earth, life forms on earth, um, because they allow us to have those instinctive reactions to survive. And they're mainly your fight and your flight. You'll have heard of them. You, you, you know what I'm going to tell you now, a lot of this, you know. Um, so, through the evolution of our nervous system connected to our survival responses. Um, that worked really well for millennia until we began to live, humans began to live in groups and then developed a social engagement system. So it, this is the one, the prefrontal cortex and the different parts of the brain that, that are really what we consider of as modern human brain. Um, and that began to interact with what, what affected us, um, our survival. What was traumatizing to us was not just being chased by lions or mammoths or whatever, but actually interactions in the group became also to be as dangerous to us um, and something that we needed to protect ourselves from and to survive from. So when we look at the different um, physiology, really, psychiatry, psychology, physiology, understanding of what goes on in trauma, um, it, up until about 20 years ago, this whole thing was quite um, misunderstood and overlooked or or glossed over. Um, and for um, moving forward in this kind of theory, we've 
we've got a proposed theory, which is polyvagal theory, like all good theories in science. It's in the boxing ring being, you know, it's an idea that has to stand up for itself. Um, so it don't take it, don't swallow it all, hook, line and sinker. However, this does, this theory suggests to us that we have these natural innate responses to threats. And what we perceive of as a threat is not necessarily just something that attacks us in the body, but it can also be a social attack. Um, so the icky thing. Okay, what what's the icky thing? We really got really got to nail it here. The icky thing is that mostly trauma is done human to human. There's a perpetrator behind most of it. Um, accidental acts like I don't know car crash or something happening, illnesses, things like that. There's there's so much fewer they occur so much less often than a trauma that's done, um, a life-threatening survival situation trauma that is done to us by another human. Whether that's someone intentionally doing it, whether it's someone accidentally doing it, or whether it's through collectives, groups and societies acting upon other groups. So there's plenty more to unpick in future podcasts, but um, just for now, that really want to acknowledge that there is a group or collective activity that goes on here with trauma that really affects how we work with it, not on it. Working on it, you tend to work on the individual or you work on a group. But when we're working with it, which is what I do in coaching, I'm inviting someone to move forward in their life. That's why they've come to me. They want to make progress. Stop being so stuck about something and to understand maybe a little bit more about what happened to them. But it's not really the purpose of why they come. They're not that interested in understanding what happened and all the different processes it helps a little bit but what you really want to do is to be able to move on with your life and that's the the magic of the work that I do with people is help you understand enough about what's going on inside of you your natural trauma response inside of you um, to the thing that happened to you whether it's multiple events over a um, long period of time or whether it's a big thing or both um, and help you to um move on from that. The Why I talk about um, the role of psychology, psychiatry, illness and pathology um, is a real interesting one for me. And if you're familiar with my work, you'll have heard me nerd on about this before. Um, there's a culture of identifying illness or faultiness, like a fault, a sickness, an illness. That's good science. It's good medicine. You work out what's wrong with someone, you give them the pill, the medicine, the cure, whatever, and then they get better. And this is bled across into psychiatry and psychology, where we're looking at what's going on with people and uh, can we then, you know, fix it. Um, so it starts off, as, as all medicine does, in a really great way. Um, but what we've seen, in my view, from the work research that I've done and the in this field, what has happened is um, there is a, a tendency towards pathologizing um, what is actually a natural response to a stressful situation. There hasn't been that space and understanding. It's come in afterwards. Like I say, it's come in later with polyvagal theory and other um, trauma. The understanding of trauma has only really been happening in the last 20 to 50 years, Max. Um, before then, we didn't really take into it, psychology, psychiatry didn't really take into account um, that. And there's a fascinating history behind why that is, which is why I 
was alluding earlier to the whole collective nature of it. If you're growing up in the Middle Ages, the medieval times, your view of the world is much more black and white than perhaps it is in modern day. And you've got certain groups of society that need to be controlled um, and certain groups that want to be in power. And these power games are familiar to <laughs> historians. Um, and we we know and understand them well. That's how humans have built what we call civilizations. Um, the thing about that is, is that when you look at modern day um, history of mental illness, a lot of it is connected to undesirable behaviours that were condemned in the past. Um, and that is something culturally that we deal with. So when when someone comes to me and I say, oh, is work going to pay for this? They go, oh God, I'm not telling them. What is that mental, what is that stigma? Stigma, we all know about the stigma around mental health, mental illness, what's going on there. Well, it's not in ancient history. It's really even quite modern, recent history that people were put into asylums, people were locked away, people were given the most horrific experimental treatments um, to stop them behaving in certain ways that actually we now can see were just natural responses to traumatic events, to things that had been done to them. Um, and this happens particularly in women, but also you then expand this. And this is where there's such a crossover to diversity and inclusion work, because we are really looking at um, the impact of um, a power group over a minority group. So anywhere where there is, uh, so women, massive area, um, carers, young people, um, children, um, but also um, where the power games, so disability, race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, um, it, and, even, and then at a huge scale, you just like to, to the point where you kind of so obvious you would hardly even mention it, like the impact of religion against religion, like has religions fought each other, the people, you know, who, like the persecution of the Jews is just an extraordinary history. Um, so I just pick some examples there just to illustrate, just like there is so much history of how the controlling of groups of other humans has continued as psychology and psychiatry developed because they were born, those sciences were born at the time into that culture. And so it's not me doing, I'm not doing down on psychology and psychiatry. They're just simply, a lot of it, I think, is a, is a reflection of the time that they were born into, that they were, I don't know, developed. Um, so, history of control of the masses and how we begin to understand then the difference between us as individuals and us as collectives in the modern world. So, someone's coming to me for coaching and they've had like a heart attack or they've had something happen to them in their life. Why is work even going to pay for that? Why is that relevant to work? So, Psychiatry, psychology um, for many years have been synonymous with the control of undesirables and um, has have gradually developed in the way that they have. And we're now really outgrowing that phase. Um, and part of the joy of it is the, the, the spread of knowledge and understanding and of better and better and better science. Um, and one of the great things is understanding how trauma, um, how it causes us to react inside our body, mind and spirit when we are overwhelmed. Um, and how this is not an illness, you are not broken, you are not somehow faulty when this happens to you, but it's natural. 
And what we're looking at is particularly in my work in coaching is how to help someone move on from that. What happens in the trauma event and how how is it showing up every day now in your life and what is it stopping you from doing um, or what you probably don't even see it like that you're like I'm thwarted in moving forward in this certain area of my life and then when we talk about it I'm like oh has anything happened and we begin to work out where there may or may not have been trauma now the lovely thing about my work is I don't have to diagnose Coaches don't need to diagnose because I'm not filling in a form for an insurance referral. I'm not trying to give you a diagnosis for a prescription. You know, I can help you. I'm your companion as you explore what's going on inside of you and how you want to move forward. Your understanding of you is is the foundation, is the core of my work. Um, I'm, And that, to me, is such a joy in it. Um, and I'm so free compared to my colleagues who are therapists and doctors, psychologists and psychiatrists, because they've there's different implications to their work. The joy particularly that I love in mine is that I'm enabling you to self-heal. Now, there's a lot of self-help bullshit out there. Absolutely. But there really is an undeniable power in humans to bounce back and move on from whatever's happened to them. And there's the most extraordinary stories you'll know of many in your own lives, <laughs> in the lives of people around you, of how people move on um, from awful things. You probably don't even call it trauma, but just awful things have happened to you and you moved on. And it, this is this is powerful. And so when someone comes to work with me, I'm simply their companion. I'm bringing them the science. I'm reflecting back to them. It's time where they don't have to like take turns in the conversation like you might have to do with your mate in the pub. Um, you don't have to tackle all, like get through the mesh of all of my stuff because I'm trained and working on dealing with all my stuff so I don't bring it into the conversation with you. So it truly is a clear space for you to work on what you need to so that you can literally move beyond trauma. It's active. There's something happens to shift you. It's not removing the trauma. <laughs> it doesn't take it away. And in fact, myself and other people, um, many of my clients who were like, I wouldn't want to take away that time. I, it was awful. There's lots of times when things have happened and God, could I have given that it didn't happen? Yes, would have been great if it didn't happen, but it has and it's part of me. And so I think there's a very um, sacred space, literally a sacred space in someone's life history and in, in the events that have happened to you where you are using them to overcome, to move forward. And so it's an active process and where the trauma doesn't define you anymore um, or it doesn't keep sneaking back in when you don't want it to. Um, but instead, you're moving forward into that, the new whatever it is for you um, that that has so much more meaning for you and so much more joy for you um, than being stuck in that place. So we've got these two dichotomy things happening at the same time, individual response. And I'll be doing loads of episodes around all of that, like just the polyvagal theory, what happens inside your body, what happens inside your mind and spirit and soul what, how, like, where do, do you just stop at the edge of your skin? No, <laughs> your energy, your impact in your life and the lives of others and your connection to something greater than yourself, whether you have a religious or spiritual viewpoint or not, um, is, is more than just what happens to the edge of your skin. And so I'm really looking forward to unpacking that with you. Um, but also the collective acts. And I think there's something really, um, 
that I just I can't I can't it can't be moved away from you know it can't be ignored but we we do need to learn continuously learn unlearn relearn as modern societies that our acts impact other people and we can learn some of the ways that can reduce the likelihood of that having a traumatic impact on someone, but also that there is healing work to be done from the past, that we're not just here popped into a massively clear space, but we're actually, as Thomas Hubel says, we're born through a veil. We're already born through the veil of the culture and societies that we are in. Um, and so wherever we are in the world, you, you've arrived, born into a family, you've already picked up stuff has stuck to you from the the culture, the family that you're born into. So at that level of collective family, the people who raised you, the impact of what your very early years and your early years were like, and how you developed as a as you grew into adulthood, the impact of others on you and you on others um, is very important to understanding how to move beyond trauma. And then even bigger, because why not have a real big goal, right? Even bigger is this thing that we interact on each other as groups and societies, communities, countries, um, and that there's there's responsibility that we can take within that and the reason why I called it icky earlier is because that means we've probably also been perpetrators. That where we may have been done to, we have also done to others. And that this can't be stepped over either. There's, it's not a, oh, fault and, you know, like white guilt and all of this kind of, no, it, we're not asking for this. Doesn't help anybody. But there is a level of responsibility and acceptance and like get real that actions as groups impact other people and there are ways that we can stop doing that and there are ways that we can make good the damage that has been done in the past and the whole why do we want to move beyond trauma like why do I do this you know why do I do my work why do why do people come for coaching why do people spend billions and billions in the self-help industries and therapists and all the rest of it like why because there's some real power in being able to move beyond trauma. There's something really magical happens when we can do that. There's something that you become, you you will never go back to how you were before. You move on. We just naturally do because we live in a linear time construct. But we also really can move forward um, to something better. And so I think there's something for me in in like really bringing this to life for you that when you move beyond trauma, you become something more. It comes with you. It strengthens you. You become better in some ways, stronger, more aware. And there's an opportunity also to do some healing, perhaps not even in your own lifeline, but in the lifelines of others. You, your the experiences, for example, the experiences have happened to me, help me help others. And I think that there's something really collectively powerful that we can do to move beyond trauma together. So I am looking forward to unpacking so many more of these concepts, ideas um, with you. And there'll be a lot more practical stuff today. It wasn't so much practical stuff. It was just um, really going through some of the baselines of what we're going to be working from. And I look forward to being your companion along the way. Thank you for listening to Moving Beyond Trauma. 
If you find it valuable, please forward it to others and be sure to subscribe to get the new episodes when they release. You can find me on LinkedIn, Kate Brassington, and Twitter, Kate Brassington 3 And you'll find links and references to what we've covered in the show notes. <laughs>